everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 108. Today we are going to be going over what we've been watching, followed by a continuation, but it's nearing clear, uh, completion, actually, of the Studio Ghibli mini-reviews here. A little Ghibli Fest. Movie Pals Ghibli Fest, right? We Three told you we don't give up. Guys. We're almost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we got two more after this, so we are going to be doing the 1993 uh, made-for-TV film, actually, Ocean Waves. A little bit of a lesser-known film, followed by the review of the new Clint Eastwood film, Cry Macho. Uh, let's get to it, though. Just uh, us three. It's the original trio today. Let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? Okay, as James said, the OG crew is back. I'm feeling extra lazy today, so I'm not even going to try to switch it up. So we're going to start with Nabil. What have you been watching, playing, or reading, sir? I like that I'm just like the the sloppy (laughs) second kind of guy. He's like, like, "Eh, fuck you. Just fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) Nabil, I mean, are you available? I'm free right now. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) A wink. I uh, I've seen a few sweating. shows. He's like, yeah, do it. <laughs> Snap me. I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, I watched the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that was on uh, NBC and, and Hulu. Awesome. It, it, it Yeah, it's the last season for ever again. I know it happened before and it got canceled, but now it's like actually done, done. <laughs> so It's legit so, done now, right? Legit done. Yeah, the last episode aired last week. Um, I have to say... Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this season was different than the other ones, mostly because they were focusing on a lot of Black Lives Matter from the protests in 2020 and uh, police reform. And not that those are bad topics to talk about, but for a show that's been focusing on random police antics and kind of trying to keep things lighthearted, you know, it, it just was time to make a change. It's just unfortunate that they started doing it on a cop comedy show at the last season where it, you know some of those jokes didn't really resonate there was a lot of and i don't know if they necessarily landed on the mark of what they were trying to do there was a lot of back and forth where there should be consequences where there weren't and then they had a character kind of quit the force um to kind of reconcile for that but then you didn't get a lot of interaction with her um and then there was changes and they were trying to wrap everything up and i would say the only thing that i feel that they did really well was between the main characters, uh, Jake and Amy, the couple that they ended up having a baby, and they were showing how they were trying to juggle their lives as being professionals and also being a parent. And I think that they yeah, did spoiler that. Spoiler alert, Bill. It's a part. Yeah. It's a. It's like the first episode they were already setting it up. So of you know. the last season, Nabil. Uh, <laughs> with ten episodes, I think that's on you guys for not watching it. But I'm it's a balance. I'm never. I'm never yeah, gonna watch. He's not gonna watch it. So. It's yeah. a balance of the of that relationship, and I thought that was really well how they were doing that throughout the season. Um, so yeah, you I think, think it, that I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. I I had a question. So you think that the the BLM stuff was handled haphazardly by the network and the writers? I think that they tried to insert it where they could, but it didn't work a lot of times. They didn't use like Terry as an example. He's a, he's right. a black sergeant, you know, hiring officer and he wasn't really utilized in that sense since he probably would have some better perspective as a character on how that impacted him. They focused on the chief uh, or the the captain for the most part on his experience as being a, a gay black man uh, with the New York PD. So, you know, there was some missed opportunities there. Most of it was still focused on Jake Peralta. Um, and it's, they did introduce a new character, which I don't want to spoiler spoil that was a part of um that kind of added some some friction between everybody so Mm -hmm. so that i think was one way to play things off to kind of have a villain in the show but um again it it was kind of hard for a payoff for the for the final season Um, i do think that you know upon repeat watch you'll still find some good antics there are some still some good solid moments in the show i don't know if everything's gonna resonate now that things have changed a bit now but um with you know respect to police officers and people's perspective on them and the jokes but um overall it it was a, a good series um and last season just kind of left you with a bit of you know uh not not the closure that you may have wanted mm. yeah i'm on season one or actually i think i started season two now uh and i i started it 
like last summer and here we are at the end of summer 2021 and uh, that's as far as i've gotten but uh not not for lack of trying yeah i watched like the first three seasons i think i don't remember Oh, then it definitely was spoilers for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I you mean, really haven't watched the show. Viewers, but the, the, I mean, the show's I'll, been I'll, out for ten years, so you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get you know back into it, but there's I got a lot. I'm of probably not gonna watch priority. it. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. There's too much other good, better shit to watch now. Well, on top of fuck, some fuck some you too, bro. <laughs> better shows, um, I did watch a show. Also, it's a new series uh, out on FX. Uh, I watched it through Hulu called The Premise. This is a show created by B.J. Novak, and it's basically an anthology series where they talk about uh, different themes for each episode. Very short. It's about 30 minutes. They've only released like two episodes so far, but it's a story where they kind of have a singular topic to jump off on, and they kind of try to build onto that role to see how things could play. As an example, one of the first episodes stars Ben Platt. Um, and it's rotating characters and it's about him getting into a situation of how far one would go as a social justice warrior to do what you can to help this person who needs your assistance but might compromise yourself in a certain way you know like if you had have something to help somebody but it could also harm you in in a certain way how how far would you really go for that um so it's kind of like a, a dark comedy in a sense very funny but also interesting perspective on on a character there there's another episode um starring john bernthal you know punisher himself and uh lucas hedges and he was grunting the whole time he was he was was (laughs) Um, (laughs) talking about a man who um decides to work for uh, a guns right uh company uh, such as similar to the nra and uh uh what what kind of situation he's in there working with them and how to approach this you know the viewpoint on second amendment rights basically for having a gun so it sounds fucking riveting (laughs) it is it is i don't want to spoil it because if i say too much because it's only 30 second 30 minutes that um it could get away with things but it's all anthology based or yeah it's all anthology based yeah Mm, it's it's an interesting perspective though just to see the take on it because like i said it is a bit of a dark comedy but also has serious subject matter on it and um, it kind of goes into an area where some situations where I've even thought of, well, what if somebody did this? What would really happen? What are the outcome? And it kind of devolves into some of it. So if you're interested in kind of a what, it's a, I guess, a what if scenario well, with actors on it that are talking about real life things, uh, I would say that's a good show to, to watch. It's it's definitely interesting. And I think specifically, Marco, it might be a show you, you enjoy more than maybe James would. Um, so I definitely say to give it a check out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and finally, just wanted to bring up, I saw a movie <laughs> called Malignant. Um, no shit. Yeah, Malignant. That This is out in HBO Max uh, and also out in theaters. I saw it in theaters because, you know, I'm a I'm Yikes, cool. you paid yeah. for this? I did, I paid for this. <laughs> We're double dipped because uh, yeah. he paid for HBO too. <laughs> <laughs> they got True, my money yeah. twice. Uh-huh. Got you so, sides. *Malignant* is a, is a kind of a horror film. I don't I don't even know if I'd call it full horror though. But essentially, yeah, it's, it's, this is this is horror. It's it's directed by James Wan. Um, it's about a girl who's paralyzed by visions that she's having of some murders, and it's been tormenting her over years. Um, and she kind of discovers that these uh, dreams that she's having may actually be reality is, is, the, is the best way i could sum up the synopsis so uh it's different i will i i wasn't as big of a fan um there wasn't a lot of gore that i can remember. i mean there was some some aspects of but i didn't think it was too gory to be honest um james is like hmm? i know james had watched the film too Did we um watch a different movie <laughs> i like i i liked the some of the cinematography some of the effects that they put into the film where there was like transitional pieces where she's going into one world to a, a different um those were kind of neat and they kind of lean into that a bit in some of the the advertisements you see that so those to me are kind of the best parts of the film but the actual story itself seemed a bit odd it was a little campy i i'm i feel like for james one he was going in a particular direction on purpose the way that they were showing this film um to satisfy a, a niche of horror fans and 
you know, though I'm not a big fan of horror to begin with, it definitely wasn't my, you know, type of movie. So I, I couldn't really get into it. But I'd like to ask James, since I know you've seen it, what was your take on it? Did, did this, you know, since you're a big more, uh, more of a horror enthusiast, uh, enthusiast, were you, were you a fan? Uh, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you saw this in theaters, bro. You got a <laughs> dish. There's certain movies. Tell us, you, that tell us how you really feel, James. At home. Um, I mean, it felt like a movie from 2006. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh. It, it yeah. had the. Um, I mean, and some people really like that camp of it all. His previous, one of his previous films from I think like 2007, 2008, Dead Silence. It kind of reminded me of that one. So if you know James Wan's other movies, that's kind of like where. I mean, that, where my headspace was kind of going with it all. But, um, yeah, man, this was... Uh, it started out strong, I want to say. I actually liked where it started in the beginning. And I will. I agree with Nabil. It shot actually pretty well for some sequences. There's a top-down view that I really liked that they show off in the uh, trailer, which is kind of a unique way. But yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be this campy, though. Like, it's really, really... They, like, we'll the lean max. into it. Yeah, especially, very especially the end of oh yeah, the last like twenty five thirty minutes is bizarre. Like, and that's the payoff that a lot of people like is the twist to it all. But for me, I was just I actually guessed it because of some certain <laughs> oh, gosh. movements and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my god, if this is the fucking and I was like, up, oh, I guess I was right. But um, it's not really scary, but it is horror. It's kind of body horror, I guess you might say. And even saying that is a little bit too much of a spoiler, yeah. I think. So, for the most part, I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. I saw it on a Friday night <laughs> at home. The comfort of my house. Yeah. I saw it, watched it with my sister. Even we both were like, we both didn't like it. I was like, what the fuck? Because by the end, it was, God, man, it's some really bad acting, too. I mean, which, I mean, they're not going for acting, obviously, in this, but it has a unique premise. I'll give it that much. But for me, truth-wise... I can only take a little bit of camp. It, it's very reminiscent too of like uh, Italian horror from the seventies, like Giallo films. Oh, uh, I could, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Those. Yeah. So, take a look at it that way too, and then you can kind of appreciate the buildup, I guess, more in the way that, like, you're not supposed to really. You just kind of go with the plot. But for me, though, this was like a hard pass. So, all right. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't know if I could recommend it to anybody, um, even if if it. It definitely speaks to a certain demographic of people who. I mean, who, who if you're like at if you are at home, and you have HBO Max, like watch it before the thirty days is up. I mean, shit, it's free. Might I mean, they've been me. skimping on a lot of those thirty day things. There's things on there that's been on there for sixty days, and they're like, mm, we're just gonna keep it on here. Yeah. So yeah. this is, I don't know. I know these are pre- they're strict on certain ones, but I mean, for this one, it's one of the bigger temple ones too. So. All right. I've been hearing horrible things about it so i might just skip it see yeah. that's the thing though i have a lot of like horror friends that love this movie so all depends hmm. once again completely free to watch right now if you have hbo max or except if you're for your, your time friends. if and you have an hour and a half time if you got your friends log in even better so yeah true and with that being said james what have you mm. been watching reading or playing all right, so I've been watching, I've been watching a couple things actually, quite a few things. So, continuing my TV shows and such. But I want to start off right off the bat because I was gonna make this just like a telling thing. I watched a, a movie. It's on Prime Video. It's called The Courier. I think you guys should check it out. I think Nabil would like it a lot too. Does he? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Is he a postman? Stars, does Does he have no, his parcels and he's No, I mean kind of close. It stars <laughs> uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as a business. Worker that was actually hired by MI6 and the CIA back in um, during the height of the Cold War, and he was uh, tasked with uh, receiving and sending um, confidential information from the uh, Russian spy that led to uh, the reveal of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So it's actually pretty intense. So I liked yeah. it a lot. Just a quick little, you know, it's not using my brand of uh, movie there. It's a little slow burn, but I actually really liked it because uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is really good in the movie so and it gives you kind of a heads up of like a a real like kind of hero that an unsung hero you know that you i never knew about so so very cool uh the meat of it all though i want to get into i watched a movie with mikey friend of the pod in theaters called a blue bayou so this movie is uh 
written, directed, stars uh, Justin Chan. He's basically this uh, Korean guy that is living in Louisiana, and it's revealed that he is there illegally, and he's about to be deported, and um, it's kind of a problem because he's married. His wife is played by Alicia Vikander, and she's about to have a child, and they have a stepdaughter together, and um, just to keep it short, it's obviously a drama in the sound of it, right? So it is also probably like the best movie I've seen all year. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was um, great performances. I love the way it was shot. Yeah. Not often... Not often do I throw that five star rating around. It was bold. But, uh, it is um it is a movie that is eye opening about situations about adoptions in America as well from overseas kids, and I think it does a really good job of telling the story of a guy that's seemingly kind of lost himself but understands about sacrifice and what's needed and by the end it's pretty it's pretty much a pretty big tearjerker, so Yes. I liked it quite a bit. And Nabil, I understand you saw it too, right? I did, and I felt pretty much the same as you. It was a it was a great story, very well acted movie. Um, I think that it it put a, a light on a subject that I honestly did not know was a thing, um, uh, especially a recent thing that's currently going on. So, very very interesting premise, and the story was very relatable. I think uh, I had. I, I had one reservation because I didn't give it a five star. It was uh, I rated it as a four star, and my reservation really was that they they have a conflict with a police officer um, in this film. That I feel though I get the ultimate payoff of the reason why it's there, felt a little shoehorned in the, to kind of help drive the plot. And I thought that that could have been handled a bit more by giving a little bit more history with that relationship, since it just seemed to just happen. I feel like I can debate you on this, but I won't. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was my that was my hang up on the film. But honestly, overall, like like you said, acting was great. Story was great. Um, I love the yeah, shots really, of really Louisiana. good chemistry. Yeah, in New Orleans, um, good. They they did have great chemistry there. Um, the kid was a great the the child actor that they had on there too. Oh yeah, so, the daughter. Yeah, yeah, the daughter. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was it was a different film than what we've been seeing this year, and I'm I'm really glad that I got a chance to watch it. So. Yeah, definitely. I um, I loved it. It's really hard. I think it's a hard watch, though, like a second time around. I'm like, oh, man, you have to kind of set yourself up for something like that. So, Get a uh, comedy really ready for it. after. Yeah, or an episode of Family Guy before you go to bed. <laughs> okay, bring me back. Bring me back, Peter. And then just lastly, what I want to bring up that I watched, it's a documentary called Val. It's on Prime Video. It's a documentary about actor, producer, writer Val Kilmer. So it's a breakdown of his career. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's recovering from having throat cancer, so he had a tracheotomy, I believe is how you pronounce it, and his vocal cords are damaged because of this, so he can't really speak. He speaks through a tube now, and it's really yeah. kind of heartbreaking to watch him talk. But uh, the film, uh, apparently Val Kilmer, from the get-go, has always filmed himself on behind the scenes, so he, has, he had thousands of hours of footage that he took from every movie that he's done. And they present it in this documentary. It's a breakdown of his thoughts on acting and how life is and where he is at now and how, like, even though he doesn't sound so good, like, he still, he thinks he's, he's, and he reassures audiences, like, he's in a good place now. And um, it's really well done. It's very heartwarming as well. I think you guys, especially the era that we grew up in, I think, was kind of the peak of Val Kilmer in the 90s. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think you guys would really like this too because you do get a lot of these cool behind the scenes um, shots and like videotapes because it's all video. He like had a camera since like the 80s. So it's pretty cool. Like even Top Gun, he's got background behind the scenes footage is pretty cool. That's pretty so, dope. Uh, check it out. It's, it's like I said, it, it's, it's a bit tough to watch, especially just seeing how he is now and how he, you know, from his, because they do reveal like when he found out he had cancer and, you know, is trying to recover from it and keeping it hidden and stuff like that. So, uh, but it's very touching. It's it's cool. You get to like see his kids and stuff, and they're kind of like the, I mean, literal living embodiment of him. Like his son, uh, Jack, is actually the one that narrates because his voice is really similar to Val Kilmer's. Actually, if you listen to it, which is kind of cool. So when you listen to him talk, it's kind of like, oh shit, you know. So that's pretty cool. Um, check it out. It's called Val. It's uh, streaming on Prime Video. Yeah, I saw it on. Prime Video or the uh, 
the thumbnail I added it to my queue because I was like, oh shit. It's a yeah, definitely check it out. I want. I want to. And you guys know I don't like documentaries for the most part. So for me to find a documentary that I even can recommend, unless it's about like the ocean or some bullshit, uh, yeah. it's pretty hard. So I mean, check it out. I wouldn't mind seeing what you guys think about it. So and it's not for a sure. very long watch. I think it's like an hour forty or something like that. Oh, nice. Maybe a little longer, a little less. So it's pretty short from what I remember. So, uh, Marco, what have you been watching? Nothing. We can skip. Awesome. Let's move on to our mini review <laughs> of Ocean Way. <laughs> I, I've seen a few things. I'll start off with the 2006 Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige, that stars Wolverine, that Batman, and Black Widow herself. And Black <laughs> <laughs> All three of these goddamn superheroes. No, yeah, Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, and Scarlett Johansson. Scarjo. Uh, wh- what was that, James? You you say you didn't like it? I didn't. No, I said I didn't realize it came out in 2006. Thought it came out. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's an old movie, but man, yeah, no, that's holds good. up. So holds I like up. that movie a lot. Yeah, I uh, I tweeted about it. Yeah, I started. Yeah. A scene randomly popped up on my uh, my YouTube, and I, I I watched it, and I was like, "Man, this is such a fucking good scene." And it's a scene where one of the main uh, characters, Alfred uh, Bolden, is arguing with his wife, and she's, you know, freaking pleading with him and yelling at him and shit. It's such a like just a powerful scene and stuff. You have to watch the whole movie in order. In order When's to the understand last time the scene. you saw it, though, Marco? Dude, it's been at least. Oh man, it's been like six years at least oh, yeah. since I've seen that movie. Good movie though. Yeah, but basically the movie's about uh, two magicians in the late 1800s, early 1900s that uh, become rivals because a uh, bad accident happens. And this is at the beginning of the movie. The movie is like over a decade old, so spoilers, sorry. Um, what The one played by Christian Bale, Alfred Bolden, accidentally kills Hugh Jackman's wife and so it cuts uh it it splits them in two there's a rift between them and they become arch rivals ever since just trying to one-up each other because uh Hugh Jackman's character Robert Angier feels that Alfred has stolen his life and gets to live lavishly while he's suffering and mourning for his wife and it just becomes an unhealthy obsession it's filmed beautifully, man. Like Chris Nolan movies usually are, and the cinematography is just amazing on this. The performances are great. Uh, Christian Bale, of course, being a method actor, really immerses himself in, in, into his characters. And uh, Hugh Jackman, you know, he's such a great performer, and they 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 do such a good job of playing off off each other. And Scarlett Johansson, I keep forgetting she's in this movie because you you just don't recognize her because she plays someone completely different. She's just like a supporting actor, but still, like she does a really great job at uh, at portraying Olivia Wenscombe. There, there is obviously a twist at the end of this movie that is just fucking incredible. And even like knowing the twist, you you still want to go back and watch the movie and and look for the clues that are there that are sprinkled all around. And it just makes it that much more interesting and exciting. And the fact that yeah, okay, the, the plot does tend to go a little like off rails um, as far as like what they do with with the magic and with how they try to recreate some of the tricks. But aside from that, it's, it's a solid fucking watch, man. I, I, I love this movie. It'll always have a soft spot in my heart. I was in a rough patch during 2006. And, uh, I remember going to watch this movie in theaters and it just sort of like, I don't know. Just me cheered, you both. It fucking cheered mm-hmm. me up, man. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was movie. A, yeah, it was, it was an incredible watch. And, I, I felt that it was executed well. Uh, I really don't agree with the 76% Rotten Tomatoes score. I think that's way too fucking low. But, yeah, if you're a fan of uh, sci-fi, of eh, magic, um, or if you like Christopher Nolan movies or a fan of any of these actors, then I highly recommend it. I saw it on uh, our uh, shared Voodoo account, so unfortunately. Yeah, I got it in 4K, right? Fuck. Yeah, it looked fucking clean. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, if uh, if you find it somewhere for rent, I feel it's definitely worth uh, the rental. It it's it is kind of slow paced, so if if that's not really your thing, if you're not really much into story, then can't believe uh, you brought up the. There's also if you're a fan of David <laughs> Bowie, it's in there too. Yeah, that is true. David Bowie does have an amazing cameo. I kind of wanted to save that as a surprise for anyone who did. 
go and watch this movie. But spoil surprise, surprise. Yeah, the late David David Bowie, the great one. He's he's in this, and he plays an awesome character that I won't spoil. Aside from that, I also started the Apple TV original Ted Lasso because so many people have been hounding. Damn! Me to watch so it. somebody didn't wait. Fucking wait, because Mark. Fucking everyone's like, wait till it ends. <laughs> I know. I I got. Uh, I jumped the Bullshit, gun. I'm I got impatient. And I've only James seen one like, episode. I'm, on dude. Band I'm only now. one episode in. Okay. James is probably okay. now going to binge the th- whole fucking first season I, now. I've only seen about two minutes. I was like, should I wait for the foundation on Friday too? What else am I doing? <laughs> oh, that dude! I'm waiting to watch that with my brother. I watch um, it. So. Yeah, Robert. When we're gonna fucking watch? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Not Foundation. Um, we're gonna watch For All Mankind. Uh, yeah, wrong show. Oh. Look at that. So wait, you've what watched season? one episode though, because we've talked about Ted Lasso. Nabil's talked about it so much. What do you What do you think then, Marco? Yay? Is it? I, oh, look at that. It brought back our old ratings. Is it good? <laughs> yeah, your name. Yeah, I think uh, Jason Sudeikis does a great job in, uh, in this show. He's such a likable That's character it. in this, and That's you want to root for the guy the whole time because he's I'm watching this shit tonight. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you he's he's taking a huge career change as coaching American football and going into London to coach you know soccer or their real you know football. Uh, it's a failing team, and he's he's never he hasn't yeah. really accomplished much in his life, and he's going on to take this challenge. And how, it's, how long it's, is each uh, episode? Well, thirty minutes. Way. It's thirty minutes. First episode is really? like thirty four minutes, dude. Yeah, it's a breeze. <sighs> And okay, it is right. not much happens in the first episode. It's all set up and intros and and story building. But every time like the camera's on Jason Sudeikis, he just fucking owns it. And he, like I don't know much about the supporting characters, but they're they're all great. Like everyone's a little memorable. It's it's fucking hilarious. The comedy is great. I think you like the comedy in it, James. All right, stop now, Marco. I get it. <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, it's on Apple TV. Give it a shot. Uh, apparently, it killed it at the Emmys. So it's been killing it at the fucking Emmys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I mean, it won thirty-seven out of forty-nine nominations, guys. So um, yeah, <laughs> sounds like a show you should wait to watch. <laughs> right. I agree. Sleep I on this one, guys. Skip it. Uh, no, but if you have someone's Apple TV login, then uh, check it out. If you're a sports fan, check or you it know out. what, guys, or you know what, viewers, listeners, whatever. Pay the fucking five dollars. Five fucking dollars. Yeah, Spend it's more fucking McDonald's. dirt cheap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's you can watch it on your on your phone. phone so I mean, iPad, TV, yeah. Xbox, everything now. Yep. Yeah. PlayStation. Yeah, there's, there's literally no excuse. Yeah, they've got some good shows I mean, on uh, Apple TV. I mean, I can that morning time started too. You shouldn't fucking listen to me on that. Listen to me when it comes to shows. So. Yeah, I mean, we've we've reviewed a few, uh, or I mean, we've talked about the movies too. Like I said. Yeah. So they've they got some really really solid lineup too. So and yeah, truthfully, I almost wish we picked fan, this show so. to review next, but you know, too late now. Well, the season two is not over yet. Really. Yeah, it's true. It is not. Yeah. So so yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spoil too much because you know James getting a little excited. I'm getting excited right now. I want to watch the next episode right now, but I'm gonna wait. So aside from that, I've also I'm logging off later. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, guys. So I gotta watch this shit. shit. Me and the Bill are gonna carry this weight. Also, been watching more of Marvel's What If. I think I mentioned this already on the podcast. And, yeah, uh, it's it. It's I'm up to date. Nabil, man. I know, is not up to date, right? Uh, I'm an episode behind. Yeah, so. Bailey approves. He says he's up to date. So you better that's catch the fuck up. You guys will talk about it. <laughs> I know. So I, I think all the What If stories, even if they Without haven't a, been hits, they've yeah. been interesting. I was going to ask you, least. Marco, which one's your favorite one so far? Man, I have two favorite ones. Um, I only have one. I like the Doctor Strange one because it's dark. Same here. That's the one I like. Yeah, I like Mine that too. one because it's it's very dark and tragic, and they don't pull punches. I'm like, you'd think out of all their mediums where Marvel is going to pull punches, it'd be their fucking animated, uh, yeah. animated uh, mediums. But no, it's their movies where they pull their punches, and their animated ones are like, mm, let's go full dark. So yeah, that's that's one of my favorite ones. The other one is for personal reasons, the zombie one is my favorite one also. I really enjoyed um, that one. It's very simple, very silly, but um I have watched that one <laughs> numerous times. So yeah. The most recent one is interesting. I also think that it has kind of a uh not necessarily a dark ending, but very different ending and not so 
positive, which I enjoy. And that's the whole purpose of these what if cartoons. A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a show like what if everything went to shit in the MCU and we get to see it play out. And it's cool because like, like I mentioned before, they they bring in a lot of the original cast members or at least the ones that still care uh, or that have nothing to do because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the big ones, yeah, they're just like, nah, dude, I'm done. But, there's a couple like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? I like the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one also with Star-Lord. I like that. I mean, I'll be too. completely honest. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this show. So, I've been enjoying it for the most part. I think the animation looks great. I think the the voice acting is pretty good. I think some of the some of the, most of the plots are pretty good. Um, I've never read the What If spinoff series, so I can't tell you if they're taking these directly from the comics or not. But for what it's worth, if if you just want to see, you know what these are all about check them out they're only like 30 minutes long man it's on disney plus what the fuck else you gonna watch but uh i've been enjoying it for the most part we'll see how uh the next few episodes roll out i have a theory on what they're gonna do so we'll see if my theory pays off in the end and that's pretty much all i've been watching guys cool nice little mix there let's move on now to our mini review of ocean waves So, Ocean Waves is a 1993 made-for-TV film. This has a 89% uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb description is, As a young man returns home after his first year away at college, he recalls his senior year of high school, an iron-willed, big city girl that turned his world upside down. This is directed by Tanami Machizuki. This is written by Kigo Niwa, based on the novel by Saike, uh, sorry, Saiko Himuro. So, this was actually released on May 3rd, 1993 in Japan on Nippon TV. And uh, this was one of the harder to find uh, Ghibli films, by the way, back in the day. This used to be really, really hard to find. It was not released on DVD and Blu-ray until somewhat kind of recently in the last four years. Back in uh, April 18, 2017, it finally came out on DVD and Blu-ray out here in North America. So this stars Nobuo Tobita as Taku Morisaki, Toshiniko Seki as Yutako Mitsuno, Yoko Sakamoto as Rikako Muto, and Kai Arakai as Yumi Kohami. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have not seen this before, right? I'm just glad you didn't give this to Nabil so he can butcher the names. <laughs> Thanks. Um, cool. All right, I'll take that as a no. Uh, what about you, Nabil? <laughs> no, I haven't seen this. So this is the first, first time. First one and the first one that we were forced to watch subtitled yes. because there is no English yeah. dub of it. Which, because we've I been mean, cultured truly. this whole time up until now. Yeah, we were like, I was trying to hold it off. I was like, should I be, leave it for the last one? Um, so I've seen this. This is my third time seeing this. The first time I saw it, I had a bootleg copy of it because it was really hard to find. I think I had a Japanese copy and then I had to find a translation thing for it. It was insane how I, used to, how I had to find it before just to watch oh, it. You had to, get, was, you had to put in your own subtitles? No, I didn't put them in myself. Somebody had already done it. It was like a fan-made translation because there was no official one, and it was really sketchy how I got it, but I got it. So um, that's the first time I watched it was that way, and then the uh, second time I saw it was when it came out on Blu-ray, and I, I, have it, I own this physically too. So. Um, how many copies of this movie do you own? <laughs> just, just one, technically. One real copy. Uh, but I watched it on HBO Max anyways because I wanted to just stream it and be lazy. Yeah. So I was like, fuck uncompressed audio. So basically, let's start with uh, Unibill. What did you uh, think of uh, Ocean Waves? And just actually, before I get to Unibill, some history on this. This was supposed to be made as like, um, like I don't know if you guys read up on it, like junior animators from Studio Ghibli. This was like their chance to shine, to make like a smaller oh, film. Yeah, they were all their, like, like hey, super young in their 20s or something. Yeah, it was a young thing, but the thing is, it was supposed to be made for cheap and fairly quickly, but unfortunately, it went over budget and over schedule. So it and went over budget. That sounds <laughs> like every Studio Ghibli film. It's kind of notorious for it. So <laughs> yeah, we tried, uh, so, guys. We tried. 
they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it gives you some heads up too, because a lot of the guys here went on to do pretty big things in the anime world. So, uh, yeah. Nabil, so back to you real quick. What did you think of uh, Ocean Waves? You know, I enjoyed it. It, it's, it's one of the more tame Studio Ghibli films. There, it's, it's yeah, definitely, hundred percent grounded. There's no, no magic here. No magic at all. Um, which. I would say, I guess, because it's a made-for-TV film, I guess that's a little different. You know, they're not trying to do Marco too much. like, where's the raccoons? Yeah, yeah. Where are the dragons? Where are the ball sacks? <laughs> Show me the ball sacks <laughs> of the raccoons. But sorry, I don't the, get I, it. Sorry, the, the tanukis. The tanukis. <laughs> I, I found it actually quite relatable, which I liked. I, I felt really connected to the story and... <laughs> was able to like actually feel like yeah i mean i was able to feel like like, uh, there's one scene really where it felt like me (laughs) i know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah it's public what about it it's also 1993 no one cares jesus oh my god you were were six i was six you're sick fuck uh i thought the film was was really well done overall though i think the animation was good i thought the story was very interesting junior team right to yeah i agree exactly it it was a very enjoyable film uh what about you marco same i really liked it i i mean it had some issues obviously it's not perfect but for the most part i enjoyed it it's this is one of those movies that james and i have brought up before on the pod where it's like a slice of life um and De- definitely it's, yeah. it's, it's like a snapshot of a moment in someone's life and it was like nabil said it's very relatable right there have been many times where we've gone places or we've had random memories pop up that let us you know reminisce of uh the old days and our choices and everything that's led us up into you know this moment in this life so yeah, yeah I agree. it was good. It was uh, the the subtitles didn't bother me surprisingly enough. Not that they ever do. I mean, we we watch foreign film here, so I mean, it's not <laughs> like I say, <laughs> we watch foreign film. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're it's very we're very culture here. English speaking films with subtitles, so it's yeah. fine. You know, Subs- <laughs> I mean, so do I. <laughs> I know. I'd kill uh, myself if that was my household. Yeah. Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, I like this I, movie too. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you, Marco. I like this movie. I've always, uh, even when I saw the shitty bootleg version, that was like super standard definition back in the day. Yeah. The uh, animation's solid. I think the issues I have with it is that it's a bit slow. It's it's pretty slow paced. I don't. I think you guys can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely one of those things that. Um, it's also especially the metal as well. So you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So there's been a few of those in Ghibli films, but it's it's one of those <laughs> things where I think for the most part, though, it has. The story is relatable because it's kind of like a guy that is it's kind of a romance, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Well, you yeah. know, it's like it's a there's a there's a story, but there's no plot, if that makes sense. Like there's definitely like an overarching story of till it, where you kind of can see where it's going. But there really isn't anything to really drive the film forward. And that I think that's part of why it goes so slow, because really, like you said, James, because it's so it's like long. A- it could be it's it like could a be a solid forty that, minutes to move on kind of thing. Well, I mean, this is only seventy minutes long. This is the shortest yeah. one. It's an hour and ten minutes, like super short. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's about a. I mean, it's about a guy that reminisces about a girl that he realizes that he was really in love with back then, and he he goes kind of way off to do. I mean, how to say it? Like this guy would give an arm and leg to like do whatever, but he doesn't realize it at the time. But exactly, he doesn't realize it. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of that. He and, doesn't I mean, realize why he's truth, doing it. So. True. Yeah, which I mean, which is probably something that we all can relate to, especially when we're that age. You know, you do a lot of stuff yeah. shit. shit. Some of um, us uh, a little older. Still going. He's <laughs> <laughs> the True. True that. Um. So there's a lot of um. And by the way, there is a sequel to this. Um. Oh, not in anime form, but that. this is a a novel. And there's a sequel to the novel. So. Yeah, sure. uh, apparently it goes on and on. So it's one of those things too where. By the way, I love the uh, musical score in here for some reason. It reminds I was me just going to say, can we talk about that? Because, yeah, the music is fucking awesome. Was, what Dude, were you going right? to say to Bill? That, Sorry. The, the tone of it all is like, it gives me like Final Fantasy VIII vibes. I'm like, damn. Yeah, what is it was this? good. Music I even looked good. it up, but the composer literally only made two things. And this was like his last thing. And it's like, oh, damn. Okay. Really? Huh. really? It gave me just kind of like a 80s rom-com type 
of music, but like not cheesy. Kind of it's just like it's it? just right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I liked it though. I I really liked it. I was like, damn, this kind of hits. So um, so I mean, that's basically it, guys. That's pretty. These are all pretty simple. Um, before I even get the rankings from you guys, the ratings. What would you guys rank it around Studio Ghibli films? Uh, Nubo. Um, I. I'd probably it'd be more in the middle for me, you know. Probably it definitely within the top ten because it it is different, but it it's not like one of their top tier films, but definitely like a solid entry for Studio Ghibli, especially with the simple premise. They still made it, gave it a really good high quality look, especially for a TV uh, made for TV film. This is how spoiled we are, and this is ninety three, so like it, yeah. animation wise, it holds up really well. It does, yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? I would say yeah. Uh, kind of uh, middle, upper middle, uh, lower top ten, because it's it's still it's entertaining. It's easy watch. Like you guys said, it's an hour and twelve minutes long, so yeah, you can breeze really by short, it pretty so. quickly. And uh, animation is great. S- cinematography is good. S- the score is fire, and uh, the the, um, the dialogue. You know, it's it's not it's pretty good. It's not too cheesy. You know, it's written pretty well. Dang, maybe we should have watched all these goddamn things. And I kind of feel like it, I liked the, the the Japanese dialogue. It felt better for me, especially after reading it. I was like, I wonder how it really is for the other films. <laughs> all right, guys. There were, you know, there was supposed to be to <laughs> <laughs> there was supposed to be an English dub with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, like a few other <laughs> famous actors, but it got it. It didn't happen. It was, I'm actually glad they didn't over budget for this one. Yeah, like they're working. Yeah, I'm on, actually like, glad they didn't do it. Oh really? Yeah, same. Damn, they were trying to. Uh, so for me, um, yeah, it's I I agree, with you guys. Probably upper middle, something like that. So, uh, what would you guys uh, rate it then, Marco? Out of uh, five stars, I would rate it three and a half. It was almost four, but you know, there's I got to take half star off for that scene that didn't age too well. So, <laughs> what about you, Nimo? <laughs> it was cringy. <laughs> I gave it a four stars. I also give it a four star. It was as well. So we only have two more films, guys. We're going to try to sneak those in before the end of the year. We have um, From Up on Poppy Hill, 2011, and then uh, When Marty Was There, which I want to say is 2013, 14, something like that. I'm going off the top of my head for both of these. So, yeah, we're almost done. And then by our last one, just to let you guys know, we will have a little um, kind of breakdown of all of them just to kind of reminisce and tell you. A Ghibli Center to go celebration. Back. We're also okay. going to have a big Truthfully, feast, may- Ghibli style. Yeah, we are. Marco wants to go to eat ramen. Yes. Which I think is a great <laughs> fucking idea. Ramen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. I know we'll, for the next one, for instance, we're not going to be doing it, but uh, stay tuned because we are aiming to get it done just so we can uh, kind of move on to another uh, little side project, I think, and we'll talk more about that eventually. So let's get on now to our main review of Cry Macho. Back when we had winners... I was afraid to lose you to the competition. Five times you won the All-American. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? That was before the accident. Before the booze. You know how many people told me to just cut you loose? You gonna say anything? Howard, I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man. But you know, there's no reason to be rude. You owe me, Mike. You gave me your word. And that used to mean something. My son, Rafael, he's in trouble. I want to get him out of Mexico. You want me to go down there and kidnap him? Please, just get him back up here. Just you? Just me. Hey, Rafael, you can come out now. I'm a friend of the family. Touch me and I'll kick your asshole, man. Jesus Christ. Get in the back. We go and I tell you, okay? Look, the only place you're gonna go is the hospital. You get too angry. It's not good for you. You used to be strong, natural. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now. All right, Crime Macho uh, currently sits at a 52% Rotten Tomato score. Synopsis is a one time rodeo star. And washed-up horse breeder takes a job to bring a man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mom. On their journey, the horseman finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. 
This film is directed by Clint Eastwood. You may have heard of him. He's done quite a few films. Uh, Some notable ones. Heartbreak Ridge, back in 86. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, in 97. And Invictus, in 2009. It's also been written by Nick Schenck. Uh, who wrote Gran Torino back in 2008, The Judge in 2014, and the most recent film, The Mule, in 2018, plus co-written by N. Richard Nash. And it's based off of the novel uh, by N. Richard Nash as well. This film just released over the weekend. Uh, It's currently sitting in theaters, but it's also available on HBO Max. Starring Clint Eastwood as Mike Milo, Dwight Yoakam as Howard Polk, Eduardo Minette as Raffo, and Natalia Travon as Marta. So let's just get into it. I'm going to start with you, James, because you are a big Clint Eastwood fan. What do you think about this film? I mean, it was okay. <laughs> it's about what I expected, bro. I mean, after watching The Mule, which I had like a weird panic attack during. I told you guys. You did tell I, actually, so, yes. I like this one better than The Mule because I didn't have a panic attack this time. <laughs> And I know that's not a way to rate a movie, and I understand that the, my uh, you know integrity is being judged here, but you know I, it was okay. I watched it with my dad. My dad liked it a lot, so it's it was definitely. I mean, I think the plot's a mess though. Like it just yeah. By the end, apparently it's based on the novel, right? So I mean, I don't know how that would have worked I, out, but it was. You know. I don't know what the how how in depth the novel goes about it too, and maybe it's better as a read, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, the, a lot of the advertising for this film, specifically, was around it being um, uh, Clint Eastwood being a cowboy again. You know, and not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It didn't really feel that to me. I don't know. What, what did you think, Margo? What, what were your thoughts on the film? I want to tell you about a movie about a guy named Mike who is trying to save. A young child from the clutches of his evil rich family but enough about over the top starring Sylvester Stallone Um, (laughs) because that's how the first half of this movie kind of felt like it it's it's like what James said it's it's sort of a mess it 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 seems like it's going one direction at the beginning and then midway it just takes a sharp left and it's like oh wait no we're going this way and it's kind of hard to tell like what exactly or where this movie is going initially. And you're just sort of following these characters as they're going through their motions. And then I start to think maybe it's good if Clint Eastwood just retires. Because uh, <laughs> age uh, is definitely he, affecting. He's told us he's never retiring. He's going to be making films till he dies. Oh, man. I mean, truth he be told, he, he, like, he needs to make better ones than this if one. He reti- so, if, I mean, I think it's these are all low budget, right? Pretty yeah. much. All his movies, like in the last like seven or eight years, have all been kind of like just passion projects. He just does them to do them. And I, I will say this much: I actually like Clint Eastwood in this movie. He's the best person in this whole movie to me. So. He's the best actor in this whole film. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's what something you ta- like that. You talk about Marco Junior in this one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Every time he was on, I was like, "God, Marco, get out of that lifestyle!" Marco, stop crying. Marco, like, this is macho. He's my thinking, you know, root. <laughs> it's macho. It means strong. Uh, strong. Yeah, no, obviously I he was. He's, he was the most... I mean, he's the oldest motherfucker in the movie. He's obviously the most seasoned actor, so... Um, he's 92. Yeah, I'm not, so, I'm not yeah. too worried about his acting chops. of more or less, like, what he chooses to make into a movie. Two different things. And, uh, obviously, he's, you know, not, choos- not choosing them wisely, so... He can well, he, he can give an Academy Award performance if the movie's still shit. It's shit. Uh, everyone else yeah. is mediocre at best. I was like, oh, okay, I you know a few. You remind names. me of the Mule pretty much like the. Yeah, that's basically that kind of what I felt like. Too, yeah, yeah, on the same yeah basically. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. Well, and for a ninety-minute film, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, it felt like it was going too long, especially in the middle. It like slowed down even more so. And I'm like, uh, when is this film over? <laughs> kind of like, when are we going to move on to something else that happens here? Wait, 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 hold Dude, on, Sam. real quick, Nabil, did you see this in theaters, bro? No, no, I saw this at home. Oh, okay. yeah, I didn't do it twice. I was, I, I was hoping you. I started what? sweating. I was like, bro, I need you to stop, bro. <laughs> I, like, I need we, to be out there with uh, the people, I James. To, I are we two stop. for two? Are we two for <laughs> yeah. two on this? Is HBO Max getting you double? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I actually found a. Uh, 
I found a indie theater that uh, was also hosting uh, Ocean Waves, so I saw that theaters too. <laughs> it's weird, man. I paid that I paid actually would have been worth seeing the theaters. Though. But I'll say I don't this. know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. Sorry, James. Just gonna add a, a note about the the fact that they, like you said, Marco, they start up in the beginning with one thing, and then there's just like, this whole sludge in the middle of getting to where they're trying to go, and then yeah, kind of just kind of just wraps up pretty quickly. It's like okay, it, time to wrap this film up. Because you know? it's because yeah. it starts off as if he's just trying to get from point A to point B and get this kid, you know, to to his family and he's being chased around by like the family's goons and stuff and everything and the kid at the same time is fighting with him and stuff and i'm like this is this is over the top what the fuck am i watching here and then it just changes midway into like a feel-good you know find yourself type of story i kind of think that's why i didn't have a panic attack this time (laughs) (laughs) i swear to god i swear to god guys so yeah i just because i think in the last one like I was like, what if that was my dad? And then I, I don't know, dude. I had like a panic attack. It was bad. Aww. So, oh, damn. <laughs> so this Jesus. time around, I watched it with my dad too. And then like he liked. I think that's why. Truthfully, guys, I'm gonna be completely 100 percent honest, viewers and audience members and people listening, because maybe one day we'll put this on YouTube. I don't know. I think because my dad enjoyed it, I kind of enjoyed it a little more. Truth be told. No, it, I, I think Just I enjoy, I saw it with my mom. Yeah. Uh, I saw it with my mom, and because yeah. uh, she likes Clint Eastwood movies also. Okay then, He's, hold on real she, quick. Do you think this movie's aimed toward kind of an older kind of? Uh, yeah, of yeah. course it's aimed. At the, yeah, because I mean, because I'm gonna tell you right now, she, I think so too. She used to watch Clint Eastwood <laughs> movies with my dad, so you know, my, my dad's not oh, around. Oh, nice. So, okay, you know, so. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. so I was like, hey mom, you know, you want to watch the new Clint Eastwood movie with me? Nice. And she's like, okay, I'll see if I'm free. I'm like, well, you're gonna be free because I mean, what else are you gonna do? No, I'm just kidding. No, but uh, you're like, we're not in the bill. We're not watching it in theaters. We can watch it right here. <laughs> Like couches right here, mom. We can watch it anytime you want. There's no time. I got, I got the HBO Max, uh, so we could pause, we could play, we could rewind. Yeah. So He's like, uh, no, she, let's go together to the theaters. Uh, she she enjoyed it. I mean, there's a <laughs> there's there's plenty of Spanish dialogue in here too for her to enjoy. So I think that that had a lot to do with it. Hey, were they yeah. accurate with the um the? I've always wondered this. Side note: when they speak Spanish here, are they actually pretty accurate with the subtitles? Uh, this one was about ninety percent accurate. It was actually pretty, pretty okay, accurate. I've heard like it, they sometimes they gloss over certain things, though. So. Oh yeah, especially the curse words. They won't necessarily translate yeah. them all the way because they—that's how they get away with the lower rating. Like it's oh, we, it's PG thirteen. He didn't say a bad word. I'm like, mm, yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure that that means fuck. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. I was like, mm, I heard a few things here, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, as everybody can tell here, there there isn't a lot of plot to talk about because not a lot really happens. It really is kind of an A to B story with the with the relationship between uh, Clint, Eastwood's, Clint Eastwood's character Mike and the kid uh, Eduardo, uh, who's playing Raffo. Um, so, I guess we should just ask the obvious question because that's really the only thing to talk about here is the relationship between Clint Eastwood and Eduardo. Mar- Marco, let me just ask Rafa, your thoughts Rafa, on it. You mean? Played by well, Eduardo? Played by Eduardo, yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, want, I don't want to build really a stop. I'm struggling with the names. Stock. I don't fucking know why. <laughs> Just can't. Yeah, the Japanese names. This is, a, sorry, he had the Chinese names last week, and this week he's like got normal names. He's like, I, I can't do this. I can't. This has happened to me before, though, so I, that's why I don't want you to stop. The Bill's like, can you no, please I don't put feel up alone. the uh, pronunciations for everyone's negative time? Please. Yeah, but it's just Mike, bro. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Is it Mike or Mike? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I mean, I'll. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Howard. Howard or Howard? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> So is Dwight yo, yo oh, fucking Christ, I swear to God. Um, I'll start it off. I mean, I think it works pretty well for the most part. Although by the end I don't I don't know if it really pays off, because like I mean we'll get into it spoiler, but like kinda ends abruptly and it's like, oh shit, okay, I guess that's it. So. It does. It does end a bit abruptly and that I think kind of bothers me a little bit with the film is that you're you're spending this whole time trying to build a relationship and then it ends kind of thing and it's like oh okay this is just where we're going with it. What about you, Marco? What are your thoughts on that? I 
I was okay with that because in a way it was kind of like a journey for them both where, you know, A to B they, and they start off as one person here and they end up as someone else at the end. They both have an arc and that doesn't necessarily Damn, mean they right, both end right. up in, this, in the same place. It just means that. You know what? You know it what it was journey. for me? I was, I hope I was hoping for like a happier ending for like yeah, everyone. You know what I mean? I was, That's I was what glad I was he didn't make it too sappy. Because then I would have been like, oh, it's way too sappy. So I'll, I'll give uh, Eastwood uh, yeah. credit for that. I kind of so. like the ending, though. Like, not necessarily the actual ending of the film, but the overall, like, character endings. Yeah. Um, specifically with uh, Mike's character. I thought that was that was nice. I mean, it's it was expected. You know, you kind of already knew where everything was going, so it wasn't like it was a surprise. But it was it was nice to see how that and played out and then him finally getting getting some peace in his life i was like okay i i could i could go for th- it it hit me in my heart you know i felt it it's good i mean uh, yeah i, I liked it when he turns his hat backwards he goes to the arm wrestling contest and they start oh shit sorry <laughs> wrong movie again god damn it before we go into spoilers i mean there's not too much to talk about but we'll, we'll not really expand a bit on the end um Let's just get our ratings and see what everybody thought about it. Let's start with you, Marco. Uh, what would you give this film out of one to one out of five? I, I'll give it. I mean, I'll give it two and a half stars. Fair enough. All right. Uh, it's James. It's not important for you to watch it, but you know, give it a shot if you got HBO. Clint Eastwood film. Yeah, James. What? I mean, it's miraculous. He's a he's a legendary filmmaker and actor too. So yeah. at this point, he can do whatever he wants. So I mean, he's he's done his dues. He's paid his dues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm giving this one a three out of five. Yeah, same here. Three out of five, and I agree. You know, Clint Eastwood, best part of the film, film itself. Yeah, I did. I I will. I did like Marco Junior though. So <laughs> it, was, it was great seeing him on the big screen in the past. It's nice. I was like, this is where he's been. Son of a yeah. bitch was filming now a movie. <laughs> puedo, uh, puedo yeah, take I, the I horse. Drink the, yeah, I drink the tequila. It's okay. Sometimes <laughs> I drink the tequila. Estoy aquí con ustedes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with everybody. <laughs> so something, something's wrong with their butch. Like, you, can, <laughs> you can learn Spanish on this pod with me. Look at that. Learn, learn with Marco. So we'll go on to spoilers. Uh, if you haven't watched the film yet, or you know, maybe you plan to watch it. Uh, again, we're not probably going to spoil too much. So I don't know if there's much to skip on it, but if we're you just want, spoiling the ending, goddamn. Yeah, we're okay, just really going to spoil the end. It's pretty predictable. But if not, uh, go ahead and skip a little forward. Listen to our outro. We'll tell you where we're going to listen to next. Um, otherwise, let's just jump right into it. So let's just talk about the ending. Um, essentially, Clint Eastwood's character Mike ends up staying with this family that he, that him and uh, Ruffo met at some city in a little town in Mexico little near town, the border. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think that's great. My Raffo goes ends up with his father, um, crosses the border, and it kind of leaves open ended to what ends up happening with there. But we kind of assume that he's going to have some kind of a better life. I don't know. Hard truths, you know. Not not everything's but not everything's uh, rainbows and and butterflies, I guess, you know. But he gets to spend time with his family, and Clint gets his uh, his pride back. I don't know. He's breaking in horses again, feeling strong. He meets a nice kind young woman. A, kind of a purpose, yeah. I guess. He he yeah. yeah he finds his purpose. meaning again in, in life. Like he's he's he is just as lost as the kid at the beginning of the movie. Like they they're both pretty much disowned in their own lives and they find hopefully like a happy home in the end basically and they, and they find their their purpose and meaning and <clears throat> connecting with each other in life they find yeah. uh, meaning in life again i think and i think for his, again i think for his character for mike that was a really good arc you yeah. know but i i guess the question really is for raffo you know he doesn't have macho anymore, which we didn't even talk about really. <laughs> the the rooster, but like the rooster, by the way, it's, it's oh, you know cute. Yeah. Also, My I'm gonna let you know. Rooster. He's he Is the he? rooster's used for cockfights. So that guy, it was attacking the, one of the thugs. They have their little claws super sharp. <laughs> guy probably would have died <laughs> if he got attacked like that by it. I mean, at the very least, he would have lost an eye. 
Yeah. Yeah, something. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, what do you think, Marco, about Rafael's arc? I mean, were you... Was it satisfying to see him kind of finally at least get to the border go with his dad? Did you feel like there was something left yearning with that relationship between him and Mike? Like, what did you think about that? I mean, it it was not the expected ending. Like, kind of like what James is saying. Like, you kind of expect it to have a like a happy ending where he's like, "No, I'm staying with Mike," and he's staying there at the at the ranch. You're my papa and, now. <laughs> yeah, and he you know <laughs> finds a, a new family, and they both. You know that, which is what they found. But I, I like that he left. That Clint Eastwood left the ending the way it was. It's it's not what we expect. Um, it it could have been done handled a little better. But it it's left a little open to you know life is what he makes of it. You know he's gonna hopefully like you said, Nabil have a good life with his dad who's pretty well off, and now he's he's got skills that he learned from Mike that he can go and use on at his father's ranch. You know what I mean? In and, two weeks and, time. Yeah, yeah, and, in, and a lot of weeks. Yeah, and he can now inherit that. So, yeah. What about you, James? Any thoughts on that? I guess I was trying to get that happy ending because, like, maybe he'll live yeah. with Mike and they'll be happy together. But no, you guys are right. I mean, more likely this is a more realistic approach. <laughs> like, <laughs> it kind of was. Right? I, I took like the Disneyland fucking route. I was like, maybe they all live together, and then I don't know where he's gonna go to school. But I mean, they'll figure it out later, right? <laughs> and they could be like a vet and like a farm. We'll have a and girlfriend. Then, Obviously, he was in yeah, the chick. Got a little lady friend there, so yeah. Mike, he Mike would have always been happy. hunted in Mexico, though. That's true, though. Hands. That's the whole point because the yeah. mom he's not safe until he crossed. And then, even though his dad kind of had some ill intentions to a point, I think it's cool that Mike brings up like the fact he actually brings up that Howard actually is a good person, though. Like, yeah, Howard's the one is. that like helped him out for all those years, you know, and gave him his initial purpose when he was a rodeo and working at the um at the ranch and stuff so it kind of gives you a hint like okay howard's i mean yeah he's using him as kind of kind of trade bait i guess if you might say but he also says yeah. howard tells him he's like what are you fucking 12 like it's not a kid's story <laughs> he's like this is real That's life true. it's it's dual purpose of course i want my kid but also i'm trying to get that bitch back for for the land i'm trying to sell you know he's like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's working both ways that's true no yeah. and i guess i mean um i wish he was a little more powerful at the end he literally just like later kid <laughs> Go and then he, I mean, he gives him macho, which is kind of cool because he knows that it he'll probably have a better life with him, anyways, too. So I mean, and then they serve them up for dinner at the end. It's a spoiler, guys. Remember? <laughs> yeah, and then when he, that I, didn't, I, I didn't think I needed a ten-minute brutal scene of him murdering macho and frying him up. Very, very ratatouille like. Uh, I like that uh, the Spanish music at the end too. By the yeah, way. It, was, it was sweet. Oh, yeah, my mom really liked that shit. too. Like she recognized all the yeah. Spanish songs, which is cool. Really. I liked yeah. it a lot too. I was like, "Oh shit!" It like really hits. I'm like, "Ooh!" Uh, and I, uh, one last thing I want to mention: uh, this sh- movie is shot really nicely too. Some really good shots in this movie. A lot of uh, su- um, sunset scenes that work. Yeah, yeah. Really Slow well. shots, landscape mm-hmm. stuff. You know, being so I guess the I'm desert. I guess I'm comparing everything to the mule because the mule was not shot nicely. So like mm. <laughs> every time I see that, I'm like, <laughs> and then I mean, on top of that, I had like a pretty bad panic attack at the end of it so i'm like i mean he had a mike had a real cowboy ending you know he rode off into the sunset towards mexico he does yeah you know retired yeah so if you think about it it's almost like a reminiscence of his like man with no name and it's like what would have happened if he lived off into the 20th century and this is what just him running off into retirement i guess but that's all that's all i got i think i think that's a good place to uh to end that for for the cowboy story (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, we're all pretty mixed on it, but for the most part, I think it's just, I think for older audience, too, they'll really enjoy this one. All right, guys, so that is podcast number 108. Thank you for listening. Uh, feedback, responsive reviews been coming in pretty steady. Thank you, guys, and uh, a lot of feedback recently on some older episodes. Appreciate that, too. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Keep checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, which has been one of our most popular ones. At Movie Pals Pod, like James says, we appreciate all the love, all the shoutouts, uh, all the dedication. We know some of you are out there listening to every single episode, and we appreciate it. If this is your first time listening to us, and I haven't said that in a while, welcome. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you give us a chance and continue this journey with us into the journey to 200. I can't count. Yeah, we already did 100. Okay. I mean, at least 125 at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah, 150. Come on. Come on. We got this. Also, if you use Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, 
iHeartRadio or Stitcher, yes, we're on all of these, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Also, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts. I know not every one of these services allows you to rate any podcasts, so definitely on Apple Podcasts. Just, do just that. not Spotify, I guess, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, I think so it's weird. Super fucking stupid, but okay. Excuse me, but yeah, uh, we really want to get back to our five star. So help your boys out here, please. All right, guys. So stay tuned for our next episode, episode one hundred and nine. We're gonna uh, make it's gonna be a bit of a hiatus. It'll be three weeks out from here, but we're gonna give you guys a double feature. We'll be doing the new 007 film, No Time to Die, followed by a double feature of the new Venom film, Venom: Let There Be Carnage. So until then, this is James and Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.